We want to show the real side of small business, the true small business life. There are a lot of misconceptions about small business and we want to give you a glimpse into the real life of a small business owner. The highs, the lows, the failures, the successes, the full small business life story so that you too can know that you are not alone on your small business journey and so that you can see the journey that many other small business owners have taken themselves. Remember to like, share, and comment so that many others can share in the small business life story. Hello, Tara. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Fantastic. Happy to be here, John. Oh, thanks for making time. I know we're all in the kind of, for some it's busy, for some it's starting to slow down for Thanksgiving. Um, I'm assuming you're all going to be running and gunning with some holiday festivities and things like that out in Washington. We definitely State. have our fair share of a full plate, but honestly, it is starting to kind of slow down as we're thinking of what our 2020 will look like. A lot of strategy planning around this time. Good, good, good. How's that looking out on the West Coast? I know 2020 was weird, but the more distance we get between us and 2020, the better. You know, we've got these little pockets around us, and I feel like Puyallup is up and bustling, and I'm just so grateful that we're in a community that just came out for each other, and I feel like I can't say that everything's back to normal, but it sure feels like it in our little world. Um, you know, bouncing from Seattle into some other areas, it's there's still a little bit of a ghost town and a lot of folks just still staying home, but, but boy, things are hopping in Puyallup and Sumner. Good, good, good. I think that's one of the most <laughs> difficult things coming out of 2020 and the whole pandemic was building community. I mean, everything that we've done traditionally as a culture, as a business community, it's always been in-person, face-to-face. You shake the hand, you look them directly in the eye, then the <laughs> blink of an eye, it was all taken away. And it was a really difficult adjustment for a lot of people. Oh, yes. I so, agree. So tell us, please, you and I have had some good conversations and you even taught me how to properly pronounce the eight. Uh, it's the Puyallup Sumner Chamber of Commerce. Good um, job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the tidbit there. I appreciate all the helpful patience. Hey, you say it like this, not like that. Well, um, and you know, I actually should have told you. So we just got done with a three-day foodie event called the Culinary Classic and the craft beer aspect of it is called Brew Allup. Ah, giving you a better indication of how to pronounce it if I had said brew. <laughs> yep, it, it, tell you what, now it's going to be really easy to remember. I'm <laughs> good. Um, so tell us a little bit for those listening who aren't as familiar with the Puyallup Chamber in the Puyallup area. How did you get connected with it? What was kind of your background and what led you to that specific chamber? Ooh, there is a journey there. Uh, it began three years ago. Um, well, prior to that, I'll say my husband and I have owned a uh, car dealership for 18 awesome. years that I was, yeah, that I was the general manager and finance director of and, and very much a lot of the, I guess, heart and soul, if you will, of the dealership. Um, it was also family run. So we had my four stepdaughters working there over the years. So definitely a different vibe than what you would normally encounter at a car dealership. Um, and through that experience, I was asked to run for city council in Tacoma. We were starting to get some silly policies that were being copied from Seattle down to Tacoma and our business community was saying, halt, um, let's get a business woman um, on the framework of city council. And so off I went in a direction I was completely unfamiliar with, but definitely probably the best thing I've ever done from the standpoint of just putting yourself out there. You know, when you're running a business and you're just, you're, you're pretty much just laser focused you know, nose to the grindstone seven days a week, caring mm -hmm. about your employees and your family, and you rarely look up in the community in a situation like that. So that's what running for city council taught me was 
learning who our mayor was and who other community stakeholders were and just really navigating through a world that I was completely unfamiliar with. And we'll just keep it short and sweet from the standpoint that Tacoma wasn't ready for me. <laughs> the incumbent prevailed and that's okay. Um, those are those kinds of blessings in disguise where I, I don't know that that was the best fit for me, but it certainly sent me on this other trajectory where now in the community, I was known as a businesswoman. I was known as an advocate. I was known to, to be bold and take chances and right. um, was asked to be on the board of directors for the Tacoma uh, Pierce County Chamber Board. They're a very uh, robust with advocacy, um, you know, 1500 members, large city nice. doing a lot of great things um, at their chamber. So I was blessed to be on that board for four years. Um, from that, I was asked to be there uh, on the board of their PAC. So there was the Tacoma Pierce County Business Alliance PAC. I was going to ask, they did have a political arm. Yeah, we have a political arm. They did. And um, I was on the board and then I got asked to run it. So I was their executive director for three years. So now you're starting to see a little bit of like, okay, so now I've left car dealership world. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. I hadn't left yet. I was still doing that. I was playing advocacy um, in, a, in a big way for Tacoma. We yep. raised a lot of money for some local races, which again, hadn't really happened in that area. Um, and then realized I really like all of this. I love, I love all these moving parts. I love fundraising. I love events. I love being in the community. I love being influential in the community. Uh, so, you know, just kind of threw it out to my husband one day that, you know, how, how would you feel if I left the family base? <laughs> and, uh, and fortunately he supported me and I had said, well, one day maybe I'll be the CEO of the chamber of, I just threw out a city, Whitefish, Montana, thinking maybe way down the road. And he said, well, you'd kill it, you'd do great. And so um, I kind of took that as an endorsement that that would be fair and fine for me to pursue. So I just went to my office that day and Googled CEO Chamber of Commerce. That's awesome. <laughs> you spoke it into existence. <laughs> I spoke it into existence and the Puyallup Sumner Chamber had been on a very long, hard search. They had nine candidates. Oh, wow. Starting to narrow it down. And I am grateful that me landing in their inbox was as fortuitous to them as it was to me, just knowing it was a perfect match and and really getting to, to swing in all these areas that have, you know, I've certainly showed passion for and had experience in. And so it's just been wonderful for three years. It'll be three years in December. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. So that's, that's kind of what landed me here. And, you know, we in itself had ha have had our own journey for those three years there. They had been without leadership for about eight months. Um, that's a really difficult situation to jump into. It is. And I had a board that had also been running the chamber. So they were also kind of done because they have their full time jobs as well. Right. So I was given a lot of grace to kind of create my own sort of template of what I thought, you know, this chamber and its members wanted. And so just, you know, put my listening ears on and just went out and met the community. And, you know, Puyallup is, uh, you know, it has a Indian heritage and the word Puyallup means land of the generous people. And so coming to a, a town that I wasn't all that familiar with, it's neighboring to Tacoma, but it still is its own kind of world. Um, boy, did they open up their doors and, and arms to me. So extremely grateful that I've got a community that, that loves community and that is welcoming of others. Mm -hmm. And I think they were ready to just 
kind of put their mark on the map as well. And so we took, you know, a big swing at, at some great community events. Um, we, you know, have great resources that we push out to our community on a daily basis. We brought a lot of energy to this, uh, to Puyallup Sumner and, and to everything we did. And people just, I don't want to say drink the Kool-Aid, but it was, it's contagious. They bought into it. There's, there's passion. When you have passion with a clear objective, definitive goal and a plan to get there, good things happen. It's one of those kind of, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get type of things. If you bring the passion, you bring the game plan, you bring that vision, the pieces start coming to start coming together because people buy into passion. Yep. And I, you said it well, and, 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 and these folks are, are just, again, great people and lots of creativity, uh, lots of, um, you know, community support amongst our community partners. I, I know that we are a chamber of commerce, which is, you know, the voice of our business, the champion of businesses, but you, you can't come in and only speak of business in, in cities like Puyallup and Sumner. Our community partners are equally valuable. And so, you know, when we look at our mission, it, it very much is to have, you know, community, family and and business prosper. So all they should, hand in hand. Yep. They should all work together. That's part, you know, one of the unique things with having communities, like all the different stakeholders are working together in unity. Everyone's shooting for the same goal, so to speak. And I think obviously with your background, coming from that business background, coming from that family background, you're able to bring a lot of really good dynamics to the uh, Puyallup Summer Chamber. Great. I, I agree. I love it. <laughs> I think it's, it brings that it brings that dimension of real world um, firsthand. Hey, I've seen the real world. I know what it works like mm -hmm. to this theoretical application that is sometimes historically, I think, largely based on something that's kind of different than today. For example, chambers that adopt the latest practices or are willing to kind of say, hey, we haven't reviewed our, our bylaws or mission in you know, 10, 15 years. Probably a good time to do that new technology, new business demographics. I mean, obviously, if you look at the definition of a small business, we're seeing a lot more gig economy players today. We're seeing a lot more solopreneurs, which again, these are all good things. But if if the stakeholders and the players don't adapt, then you start falling behind. And that's where it can get tough to stop that you know, kind of downward spiral, so to speak. Correct. So then when you signed on with the Puyallup Sumner Chamber and you kind of started getting your personal, for lack of a better term, you know, we'll call it initiatives. You started getting your initiatives in there, started getting it done. What were some of the shifts that you saw um, that people really bought into? Again, I just had a board that, you know, first of all, was was proud to say they were part of this board and part of this community. Um, you know, I think at first I came on pretty strong and bold with ideas and wanting to do 10,000 things and, you know, had board directors that said, how about if we just do 5,000 new things? So um, I, I still kind of kept plowing forward and, and felt that I had been a part of a, a chamber that was really modeling what a, a great chamber is. And so I didn't want to wait. And and so in, in Terraform, you know, kind of pushed and, and, and really, you know, probably uh, expended a lot more energy than than maybe our small mighty staff loved at the time, but I think it. I think we made our mark quickly. We we brought a lot of programs in immediately. We you know changed the look of events. Um, their events were now making money, which is you know as a nonprofit we need to 
to be mindful of that at all times. For sure, because nonprofit doesn't mean the absence of cash. Nonprofit <laughs> means you take the excess above and you generally give, obviously it depends upon specific filings and such, but it means you take the excess and you put it towards a what's often considered a qualitative goal or something other than reinvesting in the business. It doesn't mean operating at a loss. Correct. So I um, came from that mindset very much that that we needed to, you know, in order to really be as impactful as I thought we could be, um, we need to grow our chamber. We're going to need to grow employees so that we can grow our programs. And so I feel that in that first year and a half, because, of course, COVID was sort of in the middle of that. Um, and I can talk about how I think COVID helped as well um, as far as silver linings go. But you know, it, it was just, it was time to go re-earn back some relationships that might've been a little tattered. Um, mm -hmm. It was time to prove who, who we are um, and, and what we, you know, can do for businesses and truly care about doing for businesses. There was definitely a personal touch. So I, I was, wasn't just sitting here. We were going out and, and meeting with our community and hearing what keeps them up at night um, and, and trying to understand where best we could position ourselves as a chamber well, first of all, it's really quite funny that a lot of people don't know what a chamber of commerce is. And, and quite often they think it's like a government arm or entity yep. um, or it's their grandfather's chamber. It wasn't that something my grandfather was involved with. But, um, you know, it, the way that we sort of serve the community is people come to us for three different things um, and maybe all three, but some maybe one more bucket than the other. And, you know, first for some, it's just that networking, you know, hey, I've got a business, I've got services, I want to be able to be in front of others where I can exchange these goods and services. So mm -hmm. keep putting events out, do do your wake ups, do some after hours, I want to see who, you know, I'll go to the ribbon cuttings and support my local, you know, fellow business owners. But you know, put me out there because I know that directory and us meeting each other, it'll be an I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of scenario. So that's, that's great. That's easy. Um, the other would be just that education and resources. You know, you're a busy, busy owner, business owner, and you may not always be aware of what the latest, you know, paid sick leave policies are, and and or any other LNI types of exactly things. or 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 <laughs> PPE resources. All these, this whole other language that we've had to learn. Um, but uh, you know, aside from that, it's also you know we've got a lot of talent in this community, so it's kind of up to us to to, to kind of reach out to some of that talent so that they can also. Uh, facilitate a business breakfast or a lunch and learn where they are teaching some of their expertise mm -hmm. in marketing or branding. Um, so we we have some good you know curriculum. Uh, we have a leadership institute. Um, so there's a lot of things we do just to educate, if you will. And then that third thing is really what probably goes a little unnoticed, although I'd say the pandemic helped shine light on it a little more, and that's the advocacy piece. So, you know, as a as an association of business, um, it, we're, it's up to us to be the champion of business. You, as a business owner, may not be able to testify in Olympia, but, you know, there's silly policies, we keep calling them, <laughs> that, that like to come and be very impactful to business, very harmful to business. And we have a tendency to do that a lot in Washington state. And so it's up to us to work with our lobbyists and our coalition um, to stay in front of those issues and for you know me to testify and write letters and do what I can 
to, you know, arm up our community to be a prepared for it, to speak out against it, mm -hmm. to work closely with our legislators so that we're just doing everything we can to make sure that, um, you know, what policies and rulemaking is occurring is friendly towards business. And I think that's, again, where your background plays a huge role in it, because you can kind of you can agree or disagree with whatever the position is, but you can see both sides and say, all right, I've been in this situation myself. This is what happens in reality. Here's the real impact. Because obviously in that governmental realm, you, you'll see an idea come up and it's presented in a very favorable way by who's ever pitching it. And it's, they can make it sound really dang good. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty detail of it, it's like, okay, so remember how we had this goal here helping you know the businesses over here, these people over here? When you put this into effect, you cause this negative chain reaction, which the net effect is negative. And right. being that voice for that, for that, especially that smaller business uh, is huge. Some of these larger companies, you know, the, the large manufacturers or the companies that have $50, $100 million with revenue, they can often get a voice one way or another. But that smaller business that's, you know, it's under 20 employees, it's under a couple million in revenue. It's a lot harder for them to take time, obviously dollars as well, away from their day-to-day -day operations, driving their business forward to go do something or engage in those activities they don't have the time, they don't have the funding, but having an organization like the Chamber of Commerce that's proactively involved, that's open and honest and transparent about, hey, here's the objective, here's why we exist, here's what we're doing, and then taking the action on it, that's something pretty dang cool to be a part of. Well, thank you. I would like to have recorded that so you can help message this. <laughs> Again, just getting the message out is, is kind of half of it because I think once members are with us, I, we do a good job telling our story. And, and letting folks know all that we are doing to swing for them. Well, I think that's also one of the reasons why we are so excited for our partnership. We saw a lot of commonality there. We're, hey, we're looking to help the same people. We're looking to do it in the same way. We're really trying to help solve the same problem here. But what's unique is that we can come about it from two different angles. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's obviously, you know, we've had several conversations about some of the benefits that your members receive through our partnership. And we're, we're pretty dang excited about it. Oh, it's a definitely a value add for chamber members. And, and like I said, there's there's some folks that we've just reached out to recently that that I know are struggling and still trying to, you know, have a shorter staff, um, you know, and, and aren't making as much money, but yet still need, you know, have a vision for mm -hmm. where they want to take their business. So I'm so excited to introduce some of those businesses to, you know, representatives from McGraw and be able to just, I guess, lift them um, to that next level. We're excited. We see so much opportunity to help small business owners. And that's actually something I want to kind of want to ask, ask you about specifically, because you've got a business background. You've been at the top of the food chain, so to speak. You've seen the Chamber of Commerce side. You get the community side and how it relates with government, the different stakeholders, so on and so forth. For a small business, you know, as we like to define it, under 20 employees, less than a couple million in revenue, whether it's just starting out or they've, they've been around for five years, but they're not really connected to a community like that. What would you say to them about the value of being part of the chamber? And obviously, I know you're coming from your chamber background, so it's coming from the chamber perspective, but kind of share some of that, please. Because I know here in Texas, we work with a lot of chambers across the country, actually. Mm -hmm. And the closer you get to community and the more you connect with it, the better you are. You get more you get more insights feeding into your business. You get to meet more people. And obviously, you pick up opportunities that you otherwise never would have come across. The insights and wisdom that you get from other business owners who kind of been there, done that. But what are kind of some of the, the, the positive feedback messages that you're getting, from, especially from those newer members? Yeah, I mean, you, you said all of that really well because that is what is organically happening, innately happening. Um, but I think what you get with our particular staff of five <laughs> is that we really, really 
you're not a name to us. You're not someone in the directory where we're waiting for the invoice. We truly, truly are that convener, um, that person that's trying to connect. So if, if you're at a wake up event of ours, which we have those every Thursday and we get about 35 to 50 people every single Thursday, which is always surprising to me, but it's again, high energy and folks get to network. We make a few of our announcements. We usually feature someone to you know spotlight a business, but, but I am very intentional when I am there, as I know our staff is with just looking around the room to make sure that this person here is meeting this person because gosh, it makes a lot of sense that you could exchange goods and services. And, yep. and just really, um, you know, I, I know that my husband and I were probably asked to join the Tacoma Chamber and I only joined because I was now running for city council and I needed to do something other than be a business owner. So I, and I heard that the chamber has a pack and they might endorse me. <laughs> so I thought, well, I, I probably should go join the chamber, but we, I know what it's like to be a business owner and, and just say, I can't, that's not, that's over here. And I have no time for that. But I also saw firsthand that when I got pulled into that community, that that is the greatest form of advertising you have for yourself is, you know, that human connection to others and, mm -hmm. and you know, the folks that showed up to buy cars from us, um, the opportunities that I got to put myself in front of as a credible businesswoman because they gave me speaking opportunities. There's just so many things that I, it would be hard to list all of them. And I see it happen every day in our chamber. And I, and I'll talk to the, I mean, he'll probably laugh at me because he'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But, you know, we've got a member that's kind of in the banker's world. And he's like, you know, you've turned me into boring banker. And now I'm like, <laughs> kinda, I feel like I'm hopping and I'm doing things out in the community. And I'm known now. People would just, you know, hear my name and see an email and, and ignore. But now it's like, hi, it's Michael. And, and he's met with open arms and hugs. And it's just it just happens. It just happens organically. And, um, you know, you don't have to come to everything, but poking your head in and out, taking advantage of the resources, getting your name out there. Um, you know, you, you give us a chance and we'll make sure it happens for you. That's for sure. It really does. And it's very much one of those things. You get out what you put in. And that goes for any investment, whether it's a business or a marriage or whatever it might be. Whatever you're willing to put in, it's probably going to be darn close to what you get out, if not the exact same thing. And every business owner, I think especially for small businesses, it's so easy to be to to become isolated and to kind of get pulled away towards like, hey, I'm in my own little world here. We aren't meant to sustain that. We're meant to have community. So whatever community it might be, you can pick it, but a chamber is a great one because you're all there for the same reason. Hey, yes, we all need to earn money. We all know that. We know we need to earn a profit, but there's a way to go about it. We can do it the right way. We can do it with our friends. We can do it with our community and we can do some really great community support things along the way. And that's how everything starts stacking on it. Mm -hmm. on itself rather and you start getting this really cool vibrant community that's doing well socially economically you I mean you can go all the way down the list you have a healthy community and, and in a perfect world that's how it could and should work and i and and it does work that way for about you know 70 percent of our chamber population but there really is that 30 percent that's like i can't i i work in a warehouse i'll never get to leave and you will never see me. I don't get to see daylight all day. And but but I recognize that the chamber is out there making sure that our you know designated manufacturing you know industrial center 
is flourishing and that policies that are coming into maybe the port of Tacoma, which is a lot of where we get our goods, mm-hmm. then you're going to make sure that that flow is open and happening for us. And so I, I, you know, that's that quieter person who's just, I get that advocacy is so important. And we just appreciate being a part of a chamber that, that will fight the good fight for us um, as well. So it's again, a little bit of something for everyone. Um, and, and I know not everybody has the time to to lift their head up from work and, and look around them. I, so here's, I, I here's also, so here's also the beauty of our role. We can be the consultant. We can say things that you as a chamber can't say. We can yeah. politely say, hey, if you're that busy, something's wrong or you be you ought to be spinning out cash left and right. Yeah. Again, it's one of those time management things as a business owner. It's yeah. so easy to get sucked into it working, you know, 16, 20 hour days. Yes, there's a season for it as a startup, but it is not meant to go on more than six, maybe 12 months. If you're still doing it after 12 months, something is wrong with the model. And that's, again, what it can be difficult to face reality at times, but if you're not being objective about it, that's what gets you into trouble. And it's way easier to do it, A, with a consultant or B, with a community. Because when you're with people, you you have community, conversations come up and it's that type of support structure. Yes, it is qualitative, but it is something that definitely exists. I can speak firsthand because I've been there. Every business owner has it for being honest. Having that community is extremely beneficial. Oh, you just hit that. I mean, I guess you've made me look at it a little differently too, because I would have been that person in our dealership that was, I, I don't need this and I don't have time for this. And I did work too hard for 18 years. Um, and, and somebody, a consultant, somebody coaching, guiding us should have come in and, and helped us <laughs> because, you know, once this chamber world was open to me, I made time for it and I saw the importance of it. So, exactly. Hey, and you li- we all live good. and learn. And the key is that we don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. And that's, again, part of part of living life. So switching gears here a little bit. Yeah. Looking back on focusing on that small business again, looking back over the last year, we're going to rule out 2020 because I was so upset. We're just going <laughs> to look at the last, last 11 months. Going forward into 2022, what are some things that transpired that would be important for the small business community in 2021? And where is it kind of going in 2022? And this can be specific to your region. It can be national or whatever. But what would be some of those patterns, initiatives, trends, so on and so forth that small business owners should kind of keep their eye on? You know, I think that all across the country, we're having that a workforce challenge. Oh, yes. Um, you've got a lot of um, talent that has, you know, A, during that time used it to pivot into another career. Um, and so just providing support so that they can kind of continue to see uh, the possibilities of this new path they took. But then our employers are suffering because these employees are leaving them. Um, so I, I know that we just recently had our board retreat and, and really it was about looking at the last three years that we've accomplished, the events, programming, where we're at in the community um, is in place. And, and not to say that it all still can't improve upon, but I feel very confident and comfortable about what we've put in place in the last three years. It's sustainable, it's great, but now what? And now what to us does look like um, investing in workforce development, economic development. Um, you know, we, we recently created a, a women's leadership group. And so I want to continue to kind of to grow that mm-hmm. and provide, we have men, you know, 29 mentors matched up with mentees that are women in the community. Um, we have 
a leadership certification process that they can go to. So, so that's women, that's, that's one segment, but you know, we've got our BIPOC community. We've got a lot of, you know, with diversity, equity, inclusion being on the forefront, a lot of ways that we're using our lens to look at our community differently and make sure that we're responding to the demands and needs of each of these pockets of communities yep. that may have very different needs. And, and when I talk a language to them that, and I don't mean literally, but just, you know, metaphorically, I'm, I, I'm speaking something that, that they're just, it's, they're not, it's not, we're missing, there, there's a misalignment. Well, then I want to make sure, um, you know, that, that we're slowing things down enough to recognize in what way we could be supportive of their community. And so I think you're going to see us getting into these communities a little more, partnering with people that are not your logical partners, but that might be something that, it, you know, we, we, are trying to be reflective of our community. What does that look like? I can tell you about what 80% of us look like in general and mm -hmm. businesses in general, but um, you know, that percentage of, of where things are, are moving and evolving always, um, I, we're, we're right there with everyone else trying to figure that out and what the best role the chamber has to serve all of its community. And I think you touched on so many points there. We're going to go back and forth a little bit here <laughs> okay. because I want, to, I want to touch on all of them here. One thing that really stood out to me, because we experienced this for our company too, getting the data internally from your existing client base. Most small business owners who have been around at least a couple of years. They have a little bit of, um, they have a little bit of a customer base. They have data that they can tap going directly to them and literally just being upfront saying, Hey, I need to be honest with you. What's important to you right now? Yeah. Literally a simple direct question like that can go a long way. So the reason I bring this up and I shared this story with you previously, when we started our firm, we really had the focus on strategy when we had, you know, we were fine growing, but then when we hit our exponential growth right before that, we ran some internal focus groups and literally built our new program from the bottom up saying, Hey, what's important to you? What challenges do you have? What, do you need to get done now? What is most important? What is most urgent? Where do they overlap? What's important, but it's going to have to wait six months for whatever reason. Literally going through that series of questions with the people we were actually going to be servicing, it gave us our new model. And that's when we started hitting the exponential growth. And that's something that any small business can follow. If you've got a question about your product or service or where you need to be going, Take it back to the customer. That's the one who's going to be giving you their resource to acquire your product or service. Take it back to them. Run the data. You've got it. And if you're a new business, welcome to the age of technology. The data is probably already out there. There's so much data we can access publicly. It's insane. It's a good insane if you're a business owner. But the good news is that it's out there. The other thing I wanted to pick your brain on a little bit, because this is another one. I have seen a little variability here, and you might still be going through the process of getting the answer, but economic development and workforce development, those kind of discussions, can you dive into a little more detail? Because what we've seen in different pockets of the country, economic development can mean two very different things. And the same thing with like workforce development. Are we talking white collar, blue collar? Are we talking services? Mm -hmm. What, what can you get to go into a little more detail yeah, on those sure specific can. things, please? So economic development for Puyallup looks a little different than Sumner, but um, essentially we about 15, 20 years ago had leadership in place that was really recognized all that, you know, Puyallup is. And, and you know, from all of that, a city hall came and, and the vibrancy of a, a downtown hustle bustle, you know, came. Um, but it all kind of came to a screeching halt for about 10 years. So I feel like in the last three years, we've, you know, once again, had a change in leadership and that leadership is very forward thinking. Um, and then, you you know, you got kind of the chamber who wants to march arm in arm with them and just say, 
we have assets. <laughs> we need to tell our story. We need to decide who we are. We also are an area that we have, you know, this, this percentage keeps changing and certainly from the pandemic, but certainly at over 50% of our population was moving to, you know, we've got We've got Starbucks, we've got Microsoft, we've got Boeing, we've yeah. got a lot of our neighbors and, and and trying not to be the bedroom community to them, wanting to establish some of our own assets here, our own businesses here. Um, you know, the pandemic has changed because those folks are no longer not necessarily having to commute anymore. So they can keep those jobs um, and, and work here, play here, live here, spend their dollars here. So economic development from that standpoint is just really, um, a trying to attract more businesses here um, because of the talent that we have here. Mm -hmm. We have again a lot of software techie folks that are are leaving, and and so just being able to maybe attract more talent here. Um, we also are partnering with Livability Magazine to create our you know we are technically the visitor information center for Puyallup as well our chamber, and so we have a tourism arm that we we carry, and so you know we've we've produced a visit guide every year um that that has always been a magazine and now it's we're going to be partnering with livability so it'll go live so the the dream for all of us here to now put puyallup a little bit more on the map and with seo components so that now our magazine and our stories and who we are and what we have to offer as far as an attractive and affordable lifestyle um great talent we can now tell that story bigger better through livability so that mm -hmm. that to me serves a little bit of economic, definitely a lot of economic development, a little bit of workforce development. But then the other is just, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, things happening right now at the junior college level, and we've got a, a pretty robust system of universities, community colleges, um, and, and just great K through 12 programs as well. And so what are we doing to put a seed in those in the you know the minds of our uh you know of those students about staying in this area and what do they want to be what do they want to do yeah. and there's there's organizations like youth science for instance that that has an incredible assessment tool that they use that rather than hey i want to grow up and be an interior designer i want to grow up and be a firefighter you know there's those 20 things you choose well really there's about 2 million things you can choose and this assessment that they're putting students through is just opening up this incredible world of i had no idea i would actually be good at robotics but the way that they're testing and measuring these skills is so spot on for the innate um, ability that you know is needed for these jobs um, that now they're matching students and now they're taking the employers and, and trying to put the metrics to the roles they have yep. that by the time, you know, they can get in the middle of it or a chamber can get in the middle and say, you know, so-and-so Delano's coffee roasting, you, you, you needed this person in your warehouse um, with this specific skill set. And let me show you, um, you know, Janet here that just graduated and, and uh, you know, here's her metrics for the very organic skills she has for that role and use science also was able to give her a certification as well. So they have that service of taking it one step further. So here at the chamber, we've put ourselves right in the middle of all of that. We see the value of let's partner with you science, let's partner with Pierce College, let's partner with our K through 12 programs and let's get these folks talking and matchmaking in a way that's never been done before. And having that connecting role is huge because I cannot tell you the amount of times, I mean, you see it being in the chamber every day, I'm sure 
you, conversations happen. It's like, hey, I don't really know what I should Google here, but I need this. What do I do? <laughs> like, to me, I may not have the direct answer for you, but I know someone in the industry. Here's someone you want to talk to. Or it might be, hey, we have this really cool chamber member you haven't met. They do exactly what you need. Here's their phone number. And again, that's part of why you build community in small business communities. That's why you build community in geographic regions. That's why you get involved in the chamber. Conversations happen that otherwise wouldn't take place. Indeed. Indeed. So <laughs> one more question here, kind of before we go to the, the closed transition here. <clears throat> For small businesses um, looking to get connected or really start in your, your region, what are some things that they need to keep an eye out for? So like, as an example, here in DFW, the good news is it's a growing and very quickly growing economy. The problem is infrastructure has a little bit of a hard time keeping up with something even like roads. But the other one is that we've got a really quickly rising property values. So even like talking office space, mm -hmm. it's not a cheap thing unless you're willing to go way out there. What are some things that a small business owner looking to get started um, should know it for your for the for the Puyallup Sumner area? Well, and this is where we also are. When I tell you that I feel pretty good about three years semi tucked away, what's next? You know, we've got a an economic development committee on our board, and and a few of those directors come from an engineering world, if you will. And then you've got our cities that, yes, we, we've experienced an extraordinary amount of growth. There's all kinds of software upgrades. There's a, a past reputation to overcome as far as maybe some of the challenges of permitting and working in when you're in historical older buildings, it's very challenging. And so we are trying to position ourselves so that we can get in front of the business owner or the you know the person who has these plans to develop a business to a lay out the expectations first of all because it's not an easy or quick process right. in reality um you know we know that our cities are are have made great strides to improve in so many facets a lot of the services they're offering but you know what can the chamber do to be more proactive and so we're, we're working on building out our resources on our website. We're building out, uh, working on resources that we actually house some someone and some items here where we can sit down and before you sit with the city, you know, what are the kinds of things you are considering? Um, are, where, what's your time frame? What's your budget? Do you already have an architect? And just start to plant those seeds that really are the reality. So it's not a wasted meeting and expectations are met and not, you know, blown out of the water. So, um, I, I would, again, lean on your chamber as a business owner because we're, we're getting as creative as you need us to be with trying to solve the problems of the community. And I know that is a problem in our community is navigating mm -hmm. through the permitting process. And so it's um, it's a significant one. I mean, I I think we've talked in the past. Again, I serve on city council for a small town here in Texas. And so, yeah, you're speaking my lingo. It's. <laughs> It's, there's a difference between the way the government looks at things and the way the business looks at things. Yeah. And it's, it's the difference between a manager and an entrepreneur. But yeah, yeah, having tools and resources that you can plug into, for the cost of a chamber membership, most businesses need to sell what? Maybe two products or services and they kind of already paid for it over the course of 12 months. Yeah. As long as you work for it and you invest in it, you'll get your value back tenfold. We've got a, uh, we share space here in this building with a realtor and he says, Tara, I mean, I now I, I see all the great things you do. He goes, but if all I did was pay my membership every year and never see you, he says that what you've done for my SEO, because when you're a chamber member, that directory, he goes, if someone is Googling a realtor, he goes, I'm almost always first in this area. It's because there's only X amount of organizations 
that Google and or these other search engines have allowed to have that ticky tacky whatever stick factor to really elevate and 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 the Chamber of Commerce is one of them. It's just a credible organization and you affiliate yourself with them and you have auto automatically given yourself just a rise above others. So so true. So true. So now we're coming up onto the last part of the, the podcast here, but it is always my favorite. So based <laughs> upon your experiences running a political campaign, running and owning a business, heading up a chamber of commerce, taking all that experience and condensing it down into three to do's for small business owners. If you were to give each small business owner in the country, three nuggets to take away today in terms of next steps, what they need to do right now, if they're not doing it, what would those three things be? Well, the given is join your chamber. There you go. Right off the top. <laughs> that, that is the given. But number two is again, don't be afraid to flex you know, the resources you have and can offer others and, and ask of your neighbor. It's, you know, if, if you're looking up, uh, you, you know, you want, you want some new software for whatever in your office, don't make those couple of phone calls and see, you know, ask your neighbor what they're using. Um, it, it's amazing how, uh, willing people are to offer their expertise and or opinion, but sure. I take every phone call, I take every meeting and I take away a nugget from something every time. So again, it's just too easy to talk to only the people in your office all the time. Make a random phone call to someone for advice and you will be so surprised where that might lead you. And then the other is just put yourself out there. And, and I know that yep. goes with the chamber, but they're not going to find you unless they drive by you or they Google you. Um, so put yourself in more places, um, you know, in, and through the chamber world, ask to be a part of, you mm -hmm. know, the lineup of speakers or, hey, put me on. What can I do to help, you know, share my resources to folks? There's a lot of creative ways that suddenly you're promoting yourself, but it doesn't feel in so a good way. It's not salesy. Because yeah, exactly. yes, as a business owner, we always we we need to sell, but that's again where sales has through a lot of bad players and negative false stereotypes become a negative word. Sales should create value because someone is moving essentially, pick a number, ten dollars over here. By the time they're done, they should be getting twelve dollars in value. But again, it's that constant value creation, because then the individual that received the ten dollars goes and uses that to create another ten dollars, and then they up it to eleven, and then the, Everything starts building on each other. But you again, you 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 really triggered me in a good way when you were like, put yourself out there. So many business owners, mm -hmm. they use the build it and they will come model. It's an old model. We're not in that economy anymore. You have to go out there and be visible, visible in the community, visible on the internet, uh, whatever social media space it is. You've got to be visible as many places where your target audience um really spends time and invests time. That's how you, that's the key to marketing. If you're not putting yourself out there where your target audience is, you're missing the mark. I agree. I guess I would add, since my join the chamber was a little bit of a cheat one, um, I am a lifelong learner. And again, I probably took an 18 year pause because of living and working and running a job and raising a family. But um, I started my MBA a year ago um, and I also took a course from Harvard, their leadership principles about a year and a half ago. And all that I thought I knew pales into comparison <laughs> to, to what is out there. Well, that's <laughs> why you always have to keep learning because you oh don't know God. what you don't know. And that's I, the hundred percent. The reason I went to get my MBA is I don't know what I don't know. And boy, did I learn what I don't know. <laughs> and that's so, 
That's yeah, it doesn't have to be an MBA. Just take courses through your chamber, take courses, you know, continuing education through your community college. But by golly, just keep, you know, opening your, your brain and, and your mind to just the world of possibilities that are out there. For sure. Excellent closing words. And congrats on all the accomplishments. Ah, we're, we're almost there. One more year. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us on the podcast. Looking forward to posting and having everyone kind of get to listen and engage with it. Um, and thanks also for the partnership. I, I know we're both really excited about what we'll be able to do together for that small business community. Absolutely. We're thrilled and grateful to have been given that opportunity. So thanks a lot, John. Y'all stay safe, stay blessed, and we'll talk you again too. soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Likewise. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.